fights his way through one man. Dry subtle, perfect pass, personal cross ice. Here's a back hitter in front. Wrist shot, score, Taylor Hall. And this game is tied. Just sacker up the right hand side. Ursula's got a breakaway for the win. Back hitter score. Raleigh, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30, Chad. So I guess that McDavid kid is all right. What a return last night for number 97. Now the Oilers... Hit the road. Four-game road trip starting tomorrow night against the Ottawa Senators. Of course, that one's going to be on 6.30, Chet. 4 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 5.30. You will hear from Connor McDavid in a few minutes. The Oilers practice this morning in Leduc before getting on the old aeroplane east. Luke Gazdick on waivers. If he clears, he'll be assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. I expect that he will clear some comments from Todd McClellan ahead as well and what excitement around that game McDavid three points living up to the billing probably surpassing the expectations of a lot of you with three points and an absolutely spectacular goal Kelly Rudy will join us tonight to discuss McDavid to discuss some of the things that he enjoys about McDavid beyond the spectacular plays. And I'll have to ask Kelly Rudy what he thought of the All-Star game because he was pretty adamant last week uh, that he was extremely unhappy with John Scott being involved in that game. Steve Lloyd is going to check in as well for a pre-scout of tomorrow's opponent for the Oilers, the Ottawa Senators. He hosts a talk show called In the Box on TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Greg Reynolds will pop upstairs from downstairs. It is always entertaining when Greg comes in. Uh, we'll talk about the Oilers. We'll talk a little bit about Super Bowl 50. It's what, in uh, four days? It's on Sunday. Denver Carolina, I may have to give my Super Bowl prediction tonight. Last year, and I bring this up because I have not been right about anything since, last year I correctly predicted the final score and the uh, winning team in the Super Bowl. 28-24 New England over Seattle. Uh, A lot of pressure to live up to that. You will hear from your quarterback as well as uh, Morley Scott called him in that famous piece of play-by-play from the West Final. Mike Riley in town today and discussing some of the offseason changes and his long-term future in green and gold. Plus, from the U of A Golden Bears, Levco Coper will be doing the show live from Claire Drake Arena on Friday when the Golden Bears host their main rivals in Canada West, the Saskatchewan Huskies. How are you doing tonight? It is 6.09. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Dennis Weidman suspended 20 games for hitting a linesman last week. The Flames defenseman. We'll talk about that with Kelly Rudy as well. That was just a bizarre, bizarre play. But, of course, the main topic of discussion for, well, probably pretty much everybody in this city today, Connor. Scott Hartnell down low left corner. Cross ice, one-timer by Johnson, and that was deflected wide. It's Adam Clendenin. Shakes off a check. Well done. Off to Jordan Everly, and now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Wrist shot, score! What a beautiful move! Deep backhand, went back to the forehand, and welcome back, Connor. Time of the goal, 9.58, 2 to 1 Edmonton. Connor McDavid, his sixth goal of the season, is a work of art. 
It certainly was a complete work of art steaming through the Columbus defense, undressing the goaltender and McDavid back on the board. That turned out to be the winning goal in the Oilers' 5-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, you know, thinking about McDavid and, well, we had Marty Klinkenberg on the show the other night from the Globe and Mail, and he's writing a book on McDavid's first season in the NHL. And the, the working title, we'll see if it stands through publication, the working title is The McDavid Effect. And if, if we talk about that in terms of him, him returning to the lineup, and now the Oilers being eight points out of a playoff spot, they're that far behind third in the Pacific Division. And it's a difficult eight points. And they got to pass everybody in the conference. And I still think it's highly unlikely that the Oilers make the playoffs, which is what I said at the beginning of the year. I, I had them not getting in and probably missing, you know, six to eight points. But the McDavid effect here, him coming back and doing that last night, he makes you believe anything is possible. He makes you believe anything is possible. He gives you more than just a glimmer of hope He's shining a flashlight full of hope right in your eyeball. And, and that's the beauty, I think, of, of being a sports fan and now, with McDavid on this team, of being an Oilers fan. Because, look, there's 30 teams in the NHL. Only one of them is going to be able to sell victory. And that's the best possible thing you can sell. Everybody else is selling hope. And I talk to a lot of you pretty much on a nightly basis, and the hope has been drained out uh, out of a, for the hope has been drained for a lot of you over nine years out of the playoffs, and especially many of those years recently, well out of the playoffs. I mean, this is a, this is a city where unfortunately the, the the bar has been lowered going into every season. I've told this story before. Early last year, the Oilers had got up to four four and one at one point, and then it just slipped off the rails from there. And uh, I, I was uh, out having a pint one night, and a listener saw me and came up to me and said, is it too much to hope for an 80-point season? I mean, forget about playoffs. Forget about being 500. This guy just wanted to have 80 points to be close to 500. This is a fan base where you've often been talking about playing meaningful games in March. Forget about the last two weeks of the season in April. Let's just play meaningful games when there's still about 12 or 15 to go. And then I maybe we'll have to just realize it's a death mark for the last 10. So having McDavid in the lineup, seeing him do that last night, I, I hope anyway, gives you hope and makes you believe anything is possible. What is the ceiling with this young man? I don't think we have an idea what it is. And I know it's still 14 games in the NHL, and he's got a lot to learn, but he can step in there last night and make the incredible plays that he did and not just show off his skill, but show off his competitive fire, his killer instinct. And it just makes you wonder. I mean, this is, a, this is still a flawed team. This is a team with holes in the lineup. And, I mean, you can text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. They beat the worst team in the league. Uh, I think the the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to wind up 30th. The Oilers are now 28th. I don't think they'll wind up 28th. I think they'll move up at least a few slots. They beat the worst team in the league, so we keep that in mind. But, you know, they make you believe. 
and they make the Oilers all of a sudden no longer a free space on the bingo card because of McDavid. He is something that other teams have to worry. He is someone that other teams have to worry about every game, every shift. And you saw the goal last night when he walks through the guys. First of all, not even many players could attempt that move. But you make the you make the Columbus defenders look clumsy because they don't know how to defend a play like that because they rarely, if ever, have to do it. So it it just I remember sitting in this very studio the night of the draft lottery. Callan, I can't remember. Were you working that night? No, uh, was Ma- Matthew was working. Yeah. So we were planning on uh, going on air after the draft lottery. I was fully expecting the eighty eight and a half percent was going to come in and another team would win. And we were going to do about 20 minutes of a live show and talk about the Oilers finishing, picking probably either third or fourth. And then they won the draft lottery. And we did two hours of your calls and, oh, my God, and what's going to happen. And I remember Bob Stoffer coming on and saying, this changes everything. And to me, that game last night was a reminder. And, look, he's going to have tough games. Clearly, he's going to have games where he's held without a point, where he's maybe not as noticeable. But you also can't help but think, at least I can't, what McDavid said in the summer when he was for here for orientation camp and he signed that entry-level deal. And he said, I'm going to be, now I'm wearing the jersey I'm going to be spending the rest of my life in. Could be a lot of special nights and a lot of special goals like we saw yesterday at Rexall Place. Connor McDavid, his media scrum today from Leduc. Connor, how would you, um, did you, did the phone blow up as usual, or like what, what sort of happens after a, a night like that? Yeah, um, it was really nice to see all the support that uh, I got, um, just through text and all that, so um, definitely meant a lot. How much of that was pent-up energy, just waiting to get out there? You know, I know you've been wanting to get out there for a long time. Yeah, um, definitely missed it. I mean, uh, just the feeling of being out there with the guys and, and having the fans behind us. Uh, I definitely missed that feeling, and uh, it was definitely special to be to be out there again. In the the grand scheme of the go- goals that you've scored, and most of them in junior at this point, but where does that kind of rank, just in terms of the way that went and how nice the goal was? Do you have an idea where it fits for you? Uh, it's definitely got to be up there, you know, up up at the top. It, uh, you know, to score that kind of goal and, and you know my first game back after missing that much time and to do it on home ice in front of all those fans uh, and hear them cheer like that it was uh, very special. You've seen? Uh, do you remember the goal that Jordan Everly scored his first career goal? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, goal? yeah, I actually do. He uh, made a bet with me at the beginning of the year saying that uh, my first goal wouldn't be nearly as nice as his. <laughs> so uh, he definitely won that. What do you recall about that goal and just sort of the skill level Jordan showed there? He kind of pulled it around the D-man. Yeah, that was an unbelievable goal, kind of like on a two-on-one. and Toe dragging ended up getting tripped up, kind of like Bobby Orr. uh, Don't tell him I said that. I'll get a big (laughs) ego about that. But um, it was a really, really nice goal. I have to say, we we showed him both to Taylor this morning, and he he did pick your goal. He said your goal was nice. How do I feel about that? Oh, that uh, definitely means a lot. I'll have to... Make sure they give it to Abs a little bit. You have a thought on this road trip now, you guys. Uh, if you guys put a string together, you can get back into the playoffs for race here, and you guys have had success against Eastern teams. Just give, just give us a thought about what you guys need to do on this road trip. Yeah, it's a huge road trip for us. Um, you know, traditionally we haven't been great on the road, and um, you know that's something that we definitely need to work on in the second half here. So 
a good chance to do that early. Um, you know, good Eastern swing here. So, you know, the guys are definitely looking forward to it. What about Grabbers goal last night? Oh, sorry. It was a nice shot. I mean, he made a good play to to get it on net from a different angle and, um, you know, found its way there. I think uh, it's a really nice shot. I know you didn't get a chance to play when you were out east last time. Is there something special to you to head into Ontario and, and playing some games out there? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm going to have some family out there. Obviously missed the Toronto game, so Ottawa or Ottawa is kind of the next closest game, so um, it'll be good to, to see them and, and play in front of them again. All right, that is Connor McDavid speaking after Oilers practice this morning in Leduc. They then flew off to Ottawa. They'll face the Senators tomorrow night as we look at your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Greg texting into the show saying it's sure nice. Uh, it would sure be nice to finish at 500. Reed, do you think that's attainable? I still think that's going to be pretty difficult. The Oilers have 31 games left. They would have to get 37 points in 30, 31 games to reach 82 for the season. But again, like I said, with McDavid in the lineup, he makes you think anything is possible. It's going to be tough. I mean, uh, like we said going into the break, with when the Oilers had 32 games left, we were talking about winning 22 out of 32 to have even a shot at the playoffs. 500, if they get, they're going to have to go on an incredible run. The thing is about this month, they don't have the toughest schedule. They're, they're playing other teams around them in the standings. They're, they're playing Ottawa, who can't prevent goals. They're playing the Canadians, who are just obviously lost without Carey Price. Price they, they play the Leafs, who aren't doing well. The Jets are struggling. So maybe, maybe there's a chance to put on, the, put on a run and increase the hope meter even higher. But last night's game, for sure, one to celebrate. A little more on that. Todd McClellan will weigh in as well when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Couple of texts here to 630-630. Vince says, I have not had goosebumps for my beloved Oilers since the fans took over the anthem in the playoffs. That was a pretty cool moment. Well, hopefully you got some goosebumps last night, Vince. Dennis says, hey, Reed, you are so right. After the game, I had a sense of hope. First time in a long time, and hats off to the fans who were lucky enough to attend for the standing O after the goal. That is coming in from Dennis. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty magical night as the Oilers took care of the Blue Jackets 5-1. Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow as the Oilers visit the nation's capital and the Ottawa Senators. Pre-game show at 4, puck drop at 5.30 here on 6.30. Ched, AMA safety and savings for your family. Uh, always enjoy uh, hearing Todd McClellan's post-game comments, and today when he spoke in Leduc, he sort of, uh, I don't know if clarified or or uh, would be the would be the right word, but uh, I'll, just, I'll just play this clip and then we'll get into it. I didn't want to mislead, and maybe I did, uh, the media and, and our fans. Um, what I was saying after the game about some of the negative parts of the game is that we'll know that we've arrived and, and can challenge top teams consistently when we get that part of our game down as well. And uh, that being the, the ability to smother and shut teams down, I thought we were a little bit loose uh, with a 4-1 lead, um, a lot looser than, than we need to be. Um, and the experienced teams, the teams that have played in those situations a lot, they know how to shut it down. We haven't played there a lot. 
Uh, it's um, something we have to improve on, but we've got to get ourselves to that point to experience it more often. Well, I like I like that from McClellan, and when when you're able to get the lead, finish it off, or or add to it. And now this team, as we've seen, they've had trouble playing with the lead at times. They have had trouble playing with the lead at times. Too many games have not been closed out. And, you know, he wasn't totally happy with the way it happened last night. But but they did hang on for the win. But, right, you want to be the team that gets the lead, puts it away, and sort of makes the other team lose interest in the game. I mean, I know all the teams are competitive and they all want to come from behind and all that kind of stuff. But that's another stage in the Oilers' development here to try to become... A, a good team is a have the ability and the wherewithal to get the lead, and then just don't let the other team get a sniff of being back into the game. Chris from Phoenix calling in tonight. Chris, great to hear from you. Hey, great show. Uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I need to recall that I uh, took three points the other night. So um. <laughs> you did, yeah, I remember that. Good stuff. It, it's amazing uh, the the way that this team is when he's in the lineup. It, it's it's like almost nice Like you're looking at the power play. The power play without Connor is like at 14. Mm-hmm. percent The power play with Connor is over almost like 23, 24 percent. Players seem to play a lot better. Uh, you had uh, you know Eberle and Pooh over there that were you know just gig like giddy like little little schoolgirls almost when they found out they're going to play with with uh, McDavid and. It's it's just crazy. I uh, I was uh, Facebooking with my best friend back home. We've been you know Oilers fans since uh, you know since we were little kids, and and being 37, 38 years old, uh, growing up in southwestern Ontario, I didn't really uh, know and, and feel the impact of uh, of Wayne uh, when when he, when he played for the Oilers. I only really saw it through you know highlights and all that stuff. And then after when he left, but we have not had a player here that has made other players around him better since Wayne Gretzky. Uh, not taking anything away from Hall, not taking anything away from Nuge, not taking anything away from, you know, one of my favorite players of all time, and Doug Waite and Mark Messier. But we haven't had a player that has affected other other players around him like, like McDavid. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to watch this kid as a 19-year-old play. He misses, like, three months three months and it takes them 10 seconds to get back into <laughs> an NHL to get back into 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 the the speed of the, the NHL like it's ridiculous I listened to that game and he completely undre- would have undressed Murray had he not tripped him yeah so you know it's just it's just you know it's phenomenal watching and then, and then you put Everly on that line and and I, I, I have a feeling that Eberly is just going to explode and all this Eberly trade talk is probably going to go away within a couple of weeks here. And then they're just going to have to find somebody else to, to try to trade or, or possibly not even trade. Yeah. You know, what, 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 why is it uh, the, the playoffs are pretty much out of reach? Why not just play this season out, see what we do, see where we're at, see what we have with a full lineup, and then go from there? Chris. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just got I got a break for the news, Chris. Thanks a lot for calling, man. It's always good to hear from you. Awesome, thanks. Great show. That is Chris checking in right, more on uh, McDavid, Kelly Rudy. Oh, and uh, Kelly was pretty down on John Scott last week. We'll see if he's changed his tune uh, after seeing the All-Star game over the weekend. Inside Sports on Chad. 
You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. singer again, Kellen? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. He's a wrestler. Is he, he still is. a wrestler? Oh, yeah. You'll see him at WrestleMania this year. Inside in. Well, you'll see him at WrestleMania this year. You will. You I, will. I probably won't watch it. <laughs> uh, Fozzy is his band. He's the lead singer. This is a good song. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Keeping you apprised on the world of sports and guitar rock. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Quick look at your crystal glass scoreboard. Crystal Glass, for all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. The Canadiens, struggling team, leading the Buffalo Sabres 2-1 late in the second period. Red Wings and the Lightning, scoreless late in the first. Hurricanes and Flames face off a little bit later on. Uh, We'll bring in Kelly Rudy here in a couple minutes. Just want to catch up on some texts. Calvin from Red Deer says... Isn't relying on Connor this much like uh, putting all the eggs in one basket, Calvin from Red Deer? Well, I don't know if it's like putting all your eggs in one basket, but I think you make a good point, Calvin, and I alluded to it in the first half hour of the show. The Oilers are still a flawed team, and they're still a team with too many holes. And a, a guy that plays, you know, whatever, about 17 minutes last night, maybe when he's, you know, older, whatever, he's going to play 20, 21, 22 minutes a game. They need to fill some holes in this team. We all know the defense needs to be better. We all know there isn't really a true third line. I mean, I continue to insist that Mark Letestu belongs on the fourth line and, and they need a more capable third line center. So, of course, there are still areas of, the, of weakness on this team. And I'm not trying to suggest that, well, Connor's back, so everything's fine. But he makes a big difference. A player of his ability makes a big difference. Uh, I don't think it's all the eggs in one basket, but... That's a pretty big egg to put in the the basket. we got to recognize not all the eggs are the same size. And that, that one's a little more colorfully decorated, to use a Ukrainian Easter egg reference. Derek says, well, I see another round of bad luck coming for McDavid. You get on the radio, praise him about how good he is, then bang, he's out. Yeah, crap on another way. Trade him and boom, he's turned his game around. Talk about the guy, sure, but come on, he's a rookie. Learning the NHL day, don't jinx him. Let him do his thing and mature his way. Give me a break, Derek. Come on. First of all, what I say has no impact on how the players play. Second of all, do you really expect I would host a three-hour talk show in the city of Edmonton and come on the air the next night and not talk about an oiler who got three points, whether it was Anton Lander, Eric Griba, or Connor McDavid? Yes, he will mature his own way. He will learn the NHL. He will take on more responsibility. He will not play poorly, get injured, or whatever, because I praise him for having a good game. It was obvious that that praise was deserving of game. So come on, Derek. Before you, here, here's what I, here, here's, here should be a slogan. Think before you text. It's so easy to pull out your phone and type. Think before you text. That's all I'm asking. 780-496-0063 is the phone number as well. I know this man was captivated by McDavid's return last night. Pleased to welcome back to the show from the NHL on Rogers, former NHL goaltender Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? Well, I'm I'm well. Reed, how are you feeling? Are you coming around at all? I'm uh, I'm coming around. I'm off I'm off the DL, I guess, for today. Maybe limited ice time, limited minutes. <laughs> 
But, uh, hey, sometimes we play our best when we're banged up, right? That's true, because you just focus, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. You're worried that you're going to be so terrible that you, you know, like you said, you really focus and buckle down. And uh, sometimes, I mean, going back to some of my broadcasting, but especially my playing days, my some of my best performances when I thought, how am I ever going to get through this? Now, was that because of a physical muscle bone type injury, or was that when you had a flu or a cold? To know, like a a flu or a cold. Yeah. And I think the first thing, when I really learned that about myself, I was playing in Indianapolis in the minors, and uh, I was dreadfully ill. And back then, it was uh, it was commonplace that you you still played the games. You didn't stay away from your teammates. You know how in today's world they they don't want you at the rink. They don't want you around the other guys, to, so everybody else stays healthy back then no you're required to play so we're playing in a road game in cincinnati which i believe is if i remember correctly about a two-hour bus ride so one of the worst two-hour rides of my life and ended up playing maybe the the game of my life in the minors and so i learned a lot about myself that night knowing that hey i know it's going to happen down the road again I, I never thought i could get through it but i guess i can yeah well that's that's a great learning experience maybe not a a pleasant one but a valuable no. one in the end, we we learned a little bit more about another guy last night coming back from injury, and that's Connor McDavid, who's the, the talk of the hockey world today, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, three points is is one thing, but then you know, on top of that, the goal that he that he scored. I mean, just yeah. no signs of rust, fear, anything like that. He just embraced the game and he took it over. Absolutely, and and that is kind of what we we're expecting. Maybe not a three point night, but. He, we kind of expected he'd do something really dynamic off the charts because he's that kind of player. But, I mean, he exceeded uh, my expectations on a couple of plays for different reasons. You know, you think about the goal, but I think more of the, the battle behind the net uh, when he set up Eberle for the goal. I mean, that was all him, and that was all determination. But I, but I think that's contagious, and I go back to the goal by Dreisaitl, and that's exactly what Hall did. It was a puck battle behind the net with Jack Johnson, and he simply was more determined and not going to give up on the play and, and out-battled the defense and got the puck out front to Dreisaitl. And when you see your teammate do that, how can you not do that? I mean, you have to do that, and you have to try and one-up your teammate. And it, but it doesn't even it, – it's, it's there, but it actually starts before that read. It starts in practice. Now when you have those – uh, not, and I'm not talking about one-on-one -on -one puck battles in the, on those, or in those practices when the coach is mad at you. It's when things are going, going well and you're playing keep away from your teammates. Then you have to win puck battles. And it's not all about skill and, and slipping it through a guy's feet and all that kind of stuff. It's about uh, just plain old puck battles. And, and that's where it really starts. And like I said, that just it's so contagious it goes through the lineup. Well, and I'm glad you brought up that fifth goal, Kelly, because, look, it's 4-1 it's at that point. There was, what, six, seven minutes left in the game. The game is over, and it would have been easy to say, okay, we're going to just uh, run out the clock here. But, but that's – and McClellan mentioned it after the game. We want to be the type of team that can grind out wins and, and suffocate teams. Yeah. And, and that yeah. mentality from McDavid, where I don't care what the score is – I'm going to put another one on the board. I'm going to put another one on the board. I'm not going away. We can talk about his skill all day long, and we're probably going to be talking about it for years, but what puts him over the edge is that, that assassin's instinct. That's right, and whatever term you want to use to describe it, I always like to say if you, when you've got your foot on their throat, make sure you push harder and uh, don't let up. 
And and I think that's an example of that with McDavid, that even though, like you said, that it was late in the game, 4-1, he still wants to to do more damage. And I've always admired that about whether it's individuals or teams. And I know it's a different era, but when we would be playing and, and we had high-scoring teams in Los Angeles and we might be up 4-5-1 after two periods and the guys are joking, having a good time, I'm, I'm like trying to get on them, guys, Let's not be happy at four or five one. Let's make it eight one. Let's just annihilate these guys, and and that's what you know you see in, in players in McDavid. You know it's great to win, and hey, we'll get our points, but let's make sure that we follow through and, and we finish off the night right as well. Kelly, I mean, you and I have talked several times. You, you were lucky to play with some great players. Gretzky, obviously, top of the list. Many of those great Islanders players. Does somebody stand out as the most competitive guy that you ever played with? Many, many guys, but I go to two of the, the key guys that I played with early in my career, Brian Trache and Dennis Potvin. They, I mean, they had battle like you cannot believe. They just never, ever gave up on a play. Uh, they always wanted to be the strongest man on the puck. And then a, a guy that had an amazing career, and I was lucky to play almost 10 years with him in Los Angeles, and it wasn't Wayne, it wasn't Yari, uh, it was Tony Granado. I mean, this guy competed like you can't believe. Unfortunately, and occasionally, he took it a little bit too far, and I, I was thinking of the Dennis Weidman suspension today for 20 games, and I had to look it up because I knew Tony had clubbed Neil Wilkinson over the head one time, and he ended up getting a 15-game suspension. But that's just the way he played. It was He was hardwired to win every battle and, and in that case he went a little bit too far but those are the guys that you win with and you have to surround your team with those kind of people. Kelly Rudy joining us inside sports on 630. Chad Kelly with the NHL on Rogers joins us on the show here once a week. Kelly have not talked to you since before the All-Star break in fact since before that strange incident involving Dennis Weidman. Before we get to the suspension today I think I have to ask you you're there as an observer, as a broadcaster. When you, when you saw yeah. that happen and saw the replays, what, what were you thinking? My, at first blush, uh, I, I recall the play where Dennis got hit in the corner, and then my eyes were diverted up ice. I did see a collision near the Flames bench, but I have to admit, I, I, again, my eyes were diverted for a second, and all of a sudden I pushed my talk back down, and I was asking the truck, what did I miss? What happened? And give me the sequence of events and so on. So they ran me through it. And when I first saw the first replay, I completely defended Dennis because I just thought that it was an innocent collision. And there's one angle that kind of makes it really look as though he's kind of wobbly and unsure of himself. And then it looks just at the last second that he spots the linesman Don Henderson. The more you watch it, the more replays. There's one angle from behind Dennis Weidman following him up the ice towards the Flames bench, and it just it just looks so bad. And and again, I haven't talked to him, but that one angle makes it just the optics so bad. And in my opinion, there's there's just absolutely no no room for abusive officials. And I don't know what his excuse was. I don't know what the argument was in the uh in toronto yesterday i know the nhlpa is going to appeal it which i suspect they'll most likely win 
uh, and I think it'll be dramatically reduced. But nonetheless, uh, there is no room for that in the game, and it's not like Dennis is a repeat offender. I'm not telling him something he doesn't know. Well, it, it, I mean, I, we, we throw the word unbelievable around too easily sometimes, I think, but that play is almost unbelievable. And, and I, was on, I was on vacation last week, so... I you know I, I didn't even wasn't even aware of it till the day after the game and then I started yeah. seeing some stuff on Twitter and I was like well how bad could it be right that you read right, things right. like oh he cranks a linesman and he shoves a linesman through the boards and I was like this this must be Twitter exaggeration right and then I saw the video yeah. and it was like yeah. oh my god you're right they'll they'll it'll probably be reduced in appeal but I think you know the NHL had to kind of quote-unquote make a statement that regardless yeah. of, of why or how it happened, they just can't allow that. Absolutely. And I'm drawing a blank, but it, uh, about uh, 10 days ago <clears throat> on a Saturday night, was it Cassian maybe? And he, he, yeah, it was Cassian. And he basically, I thought, innocently pushed the uh, the lines when he got thrown out of the oh, game. Oh, right, yep. So, I mean, that's how severe abuse of the officials has to be treated. And so... Um, you know, uh, when the more I thought about it too, I, I went on vacation the next day and I was thinking about it and <clears throat> I drew my own conclusion. And, and luckily for me, I told some friends cause for the first time ever, I've been right. So I said, <laughs> I expected Weidman to get 20 games and lo and behold, he did. All right. Before I let you go last week, you were very strong on your opinions on the all-star game and John Scott yep. being there. Anything yep. changed for you after seeing the reception on Sunday and the game itself? Well, I will say I did like the reaction. I thought that uh, what happened uh, was interesting. Uh, it didn't. It didn't. I, I didn't find it enjoyable. And I'm standing by my word that, um, regardless of what happened on the weekend, and that he was named first star of the, the game and so on, I stand by my original uh, point, and I'm not going to back away. I never will. It hasn't changed. Hasn't softened one percent. He did not belong there. He did not have. He has not had the year that allows him to go and represent whatever organization um, in an all-star game. He, he was waived four times, sent to the minors. He does not belong in an all-star game. Plain and simple, I hope it never happens again. Well, see, Kelly, you're just mean. You don't want people to have fun. You want to beat teams 8-1 instead of 6-1. Where does it end with you? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, hey, listen, he had fun. I, he sounds like a really great guy. And, I, I, you know, it was really cool afterwards. I think Pierre Maguire interviewed his wife. and it, I mean, there's lots of love. I get that. But just the idea that he's there, just uh, it does not appeal to me. Never will. Nobody will ever convince me. I've had millions of people try and convince me. <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. All right. Kelly, thanks so much for your time. We'll do this again next week. Uh, and enjoy the Flames game tonight. Thanks, Bob. Hope you feel better. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kelly. Hey, and thanks to uh, Bob Stoffer for pinch hitting for me last night on the face-off show and overtime open line. That's a game I would have loved to work. Takes a lot to keep me away from the broadcast booth, but unfortunately, that's the situation I was in last night. Boy, Kellen, some people texting me tonight saying that we're talking too much about Connor McDavid. We're hyping him too much that so we got to back off the kid. I'm just saying, I didn't run a poll where the question was, could Connor McDavid win the Calder Trophy? Sportsnet just did that. Mm -hmm. 
and it was 70% of voters on their website said yes. I was just watching it here yep. as the Rudy interview mm-hmm. wound up. I'm not going that far. I don't think he's going to play enough games to get Calder consideration. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, I, I you think I'm cranking it up, man. Yeah. Calder Trophy after one game back. It was a good game last night. Nothing wrong with enjoying it. I'll get to some of your texts along those lines when we get back. Inside Sports on Chad. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. We are the voice of the Edmonton Oilers. We are the voice of the Great Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos. You will hear from Mike Riley, Great Cup MVP, in the next half hour of the show. Steve Lloyd from TSN 1200 in Ottawa will join us as well. A little bit on the Ottawa Senators, who will the Oilers, uh, who the Oilers will face tomorrow. Four o'clock face-off show here on Ched. The game will start at 5:30. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. This is a text from Trucker Jeff who says, three big reasons why the Oilers played so well last night. Number one, McDavid, obviously, his energy and work ethic boosted everyone on the ice. Number two, Talbot absolutely bailed us out with a few saves later in the game. And number three, Lander and Schultz were out of the lineup. I don't want to ever see them back in if Clendenning and our 3-4 centermen play like they did last night. Actually, even if they play terribly, they'd still be better than Lander and Schultz. Finally starting to see some spark in this group. Let's hope it leads to some fire. That is from Trucker Jeff. Well, Talbot was very good last night. I mean, I think that kind of got lost in the shuffle. You allow one, regardless of the shots against, your team's probably going to win. And, uh, yeah, for sure, a few big saves from Talbot, who really, I keep using that December 14th date as the cutoff. Let me ask you this. Has Cam Talbot been the Oilers' best player the last two months? Overall, he might be because most of the offensive guys has, have had quiet spells during that time. He's he's stolen probably five to nine points, depending on how you want to argue it. So Talbot's been very good. Rowdy Yates says Talbot, great game. Also love Griba getting his nose dirty. Griba, first goal in 138 games. I, I got to make a confession here. Brendan Ulrich, who produces Oilers now, he and I had a little friendly wager. Who scores first this year, Griba or Lander? We've had it going for about six weeks. I took Griba. And oddly enough, neither Brendan or I were at the game last night. I was sick in a Medi Center for most of the game. <laughs> Brendan's on holiday in Hawaii. But that doesn't change anything. I won the bet. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, there's a couple other texts here I, I want to get to when I get back. And uh, the phone lines are open as well, 780-496-0063. Some more Euler talk after the news, and then we'll get in some Mike Riley comments about the new coaching staff and his long-term future in green and gold.